It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. Here's what the teams of the National League Central and American League Central are going to vow to do in 2023. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And just as we did yesterday, we're going to go and do New Year's resolutions, this time the National League Central and the American League Central. We're going to start in the National League uh, with the winner of the division, the St. Louis Cardinals, 93-69 and record. They lost the wildcard series 2-0. To the Philadelphia Phillies, it feels like it doesn't hurt as much when the team that beat you is the World Series representative, but still not great. Now, when you look at the offseason, lots of stuff. You go out, you get Wilson Contreras to give you plenty of offense and fill the hole at catcher with the retirement of Yadier Molina. And I feel like the New Year's resolution for the Cardinals should be to continue the youth movement while still contending, similar to what we're talking about for the Yankees. So if you look at this lineup right now, you have some guys that are a little bit older. Paul Goldschmidt's 35, Nolan Arenado's 31, Wilson Contreras is 30. But a lot of your lineup regulars are younger, and they're either in their league minimum years or they're in their arbitration years. Tommy Edmond, 27. Brendan Donovan, 25. Tyler O'Neill, 27. Lars Newtbar, 25. Dylan Carlson, 24. And then some of the guys you called up, Nolan Gorman, age 22. Uh, Juan Yepes, age 24. Continue the youth movement. But specifically this one, you're looking at some of the pitchers. Adam Wainwright, final season at age 41. It, this is the year to continue competing but bring in some of those other players who can fill in for some of these older veterans like an Adam Wainwright who are closer to the end of their careers than the beginning. I'm not saying in any way try to replace Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. They've got plenty of time left, but be mindful of working in some of these younger players. In the third segment, we'll talk about who's the probable rookie of the year favorite from this team and from all of these teams in these two divisions. But for the Cardinals, it's definitely figure out the youth movement. For the Milwaukee Brewers, it's a little bit of a different New Year's resolution. Uh, As much as there is the question and the concern about what you do with the pitchers that are going to have expiring deals soon in a Corbin Burns and a Brandon Woodruff, uh, I think this is the year you have to figure out the situation amongst the kids in the outfield. So obviously you have Chris and Yelich. 31-year-old Christian Yelich in left field. He is your left fielder. But you've got multiple options for the youth. Garrett Mitchell is already up. Uh, 24 years old, got some time in last year with the team. 68 at bat, so not a ton, like not a huge sample size, but 311, 373, 459, played a pretty decent center field. Behind him in the minors, got a Sal Frelick. You've got a Joey Weimer. Both of these guys are AAA. Both these guys are considered to be just about ready for the bigs. And then 
one level behind them, although probably another year before you see him in the bigs, you have one of the top prospects in all of baseball, Jackson Churio. And so definitely a situation where you have four young outfielders between Mitchell, Prelick, Weimer, and Churio. You have four young outfielders. And at the big league level, you have two open spots and Christian Yelich. Right now you have Jesse Winker as your DH. You traded for him from Seattle. And so it feels like you're banking on Yelich playing left field for a while. So you've got four outfielders for two spots. You need to figure out who's going to play where, who is expendable. How are we going to move things around? That is the, the New Year's resolution for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2023. It's figure out the outfield. Figure out which of these kids are going to work, which of these kids are not. Figure out who's going to play where. Uh, for the Chicago Cubs, 74-88 and 88 last year, 19 games back. And I think there's probably two New Year's resolutions here. Uh, with the signings and free agency that you made, you brought in Tucker Barnhart on a one-year deal to be your other catcher along with Jan Gomes. Brought in both starting pitchers and relievers. You brought in Drew Smiley. You brought in reliever Brad Boxberger. Uh, you went and got Anthony Kay from the Blue Jays. And then obviously, you signed Cody Bellinger for center field and Dansby Swanson for shortstop. The goal here is to break 500 in 2023, if not contend for the division. You, you have made an investment here on whether it's trading for guys. You brought in Zach McKinstry in July 2022, signing free agents. Uh, the goal here, obviously, is we are going to contend in a year where we think the Brewers may be taking a step back and the Pirates and the Reds just lost 100 games. And so with the more balanced schedule, you don't get to beat up on the rest of the division as much. But still, the Cubs' goals, it feels like the resolution is number one, we're going to get to at least 500. Uh, number two is get one of the young outfielders up. Ian Happ in left field, final year of his contract. Say Suzuki's on a long-term deal and right, so you're fine there. Cody Bellinger's on a one-year deal. He's trying to rebuild his value before he re-enters the free agent market at age 28. And so you need to get some of your young outfielders up. The most likely scenario is Brennan Davis. He finished the year at AAA, then went to the Arizona Fall League. But you've got him behind him. You've got Pete Crow Armstrong, one of the better outfield prospects in all of baseball, uh, as well as behind them a couple years away. But you have Kevin Alcantara. So you have multiple options for the outfield. But it feels like you're going to try to get Brennan Davis up this year, get him some playtime, get him acclimated. That way, if you don't keep Hap and or Bellinger, you have at least one other guy who can come in and play center field right away in Davis. And then after him, Pete Crow Armstrong is hopefully the end of the year next year. He's up as well. And you have multiple options going forward to go along with some of the veterans that you brought in. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, this one feels like it's pretty simple. Don't lose 100 games again. 62 and 100 last year, 31 games back. And we've talked about this plenty. There is plenty of talent on this team. Uh, there's, I mean, there's an O'Neill Cruz. Obviously, you have Brian Reynolds in center. Key Brian Hayes is your long term third baseman. Uh, you went and traded to get G Man Choi to play first. You brought in uh, free agent first baseman Carlos Santana as your DH. 
Austin Hedges, you signed him to be your catcher, but it's just a situation. Oh yeah, and you traded for Connor Joe, who can play outfield or first base, traded for him from, from Colorado. Uh, but it feels like this is the year where you need to get the young pitchers comfortable. And so you go out, you sign veteran Vince Velasquez, 31 years old. You sign veteran Rich Hill. Dick Mountain's 43 years old. And so you bring in some of these veteran pitchers so you can help the rest of the pitchers step up. Romanzi Contreras is probably, as of right now, your number one pitcher in this rotation. Mitch Kellers, you're probably your number two or three. Uh, you've got JT Brubaker in there as well, who's not nearly a prospect anymore. But you're going to be looking at getting some of these young pitchers comfortable, letting them learn from these veterans in a Velasquez and a Hill, so that hopefully you can be more competitive on the mound as you get close, you know, as you try to not lose 100 games and get back into contention. Uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, similar situation record wise 62 and 131 games back. The goal here. You're continuing to develop your prospects. You have a fantastic pool of prospects. The goal here is give Joey Votto a good send-off. This is his the final season of his contract, probably the final season of his career at age 39. The goal here is to just be respectable and give him a good send-off. Um, obviously, you don't want to lose 100 games again, but ultimately, you're just you're trying to give these prospects the last bit of time that they need in the minors to get ready. You already brought up Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo last year. They both got a full year of service time. Graham Ashcraft came up later in the year. So you've got the younger rotation. You've started to bring up some of the prospects, like a Spencer Steer was up. The goal here is you have your bridge guys, your Kevin Newman you traded for. Uh, you signed Will Myers for the outfield. You know, some of these Bridge guys are to get you to the young veterans, the exciting veterans like an L.A. De La Cruz who are all over this team. It's just a matter of integrating them. But the big goal here, give team legend Joey Votto a good send off in 2023. In just a minute, I want to get to the American League Central and what some of these teams are going to resolve to do in 2023. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They've got all the latest odds and trends, every professional amateur league out there. Uh, pro football, as we approach week 18, hopefully you won your fantasy football league. Most of them had the playoffs la last weekend. As this is being pre-recorded, I am in the fantasy football playoffs and don't know if I won or not, but I'm going to assume I did. Uh, college bowl season, we have a matchup now for the college football playoff championship, uh, basketball, NBA, as well as college basketball. They just started conference play, so that's tons of fun. They've got everything at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so for the American League Central, New Year's resolutions for this division. Start off with the Cleveland Guardians. 92-70 and 70 won the division last year. Lost the ALDS 3-2 to the New York Yankees, who went on to lose the ALCS to the, to the eventual World Series champion, Houston Astros. So you got beat by the team that got beat by the champs. Not as good as getting beat by the World Series representative, but better than nothing. The goal here should be find some dang power, okay? The Guardians hit 127 home runs in 2022. That was 29th in all of baseball. He played 162 games and hit 127 home runs. The major league average 
was 174. As a team, the Guardians had a slugging percentage of 383. Now, you can see some of the moves the team made in free agency is trying to alleviate some of those issues. They brought in Josh Bell to DH while you have Josh Naylor at first base. They brought in catcher Mike Zunino to split time with Bo Naylor behind the plate. Zunino is just a season removed from hitting, I want to say, over 25 home runs. Josh Bell, power hitter, had a, slug, was, had a down year last year and still had a slugging of over 430. And so the goal is just find some dang power. You've got some prospects who you think might be able to do it as well. They're not quite up yet. So in the meantime, you have all of these high batting average, low strikeout guys like a Stephen Kwan uh, that you're trying to find some power to pair with them. For the Chicago White Sox, 81 and 81 last year, 11 games back. It did much better. It felt like after the managerial change. But the goal here is just keep everybody healthy. Felt like last year was another year where you had multiple injuries. Uh, you lost key contributors for significant portions of the season. And the, the White Sox actually had 1,226 in-season days lost to injury, according to the Baseball Prospectus Injury Tracker. So goal here. Keep everybody healthy because when you have everyone in the lineup, you have a pretty complete team. Your outfield, thanks to the free agent signing of Andrew Benatendi for left field, is Benatendi in left, Luis Robert in center, Gavin Sheets in right with Eloy Jimenez in the proper role as a DH, whereas your infield is Juan Moncada at third, Tim Anderson at short. Uh, second base is kind of a question mark. Romy Gonzalez, I guess. Larry Garcia, maybe. But first base is Andrew Vaughn, who's no longer an outfielder. He's now just a first baseman. And, and, and so you have it's not a bad lineup. You just have to have everybody on the field at the same time. Uh, it, if you lose a guy in the outfield, it forces El Eloy Jimenez or a bad defender like, a, like an Andrew Vaughn out in the outfield, and it's suboptimal. The depth isn't quite there, and the, the defensive chops among the, the replacements aren't quite there. And then your rotation, same thing. You just need these guys to be healthy. It's a very good rotation if everybody's healthy. Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Mike Clevenger was a free agent signing to be like the number four or number five. Michael Kopech. It's a very good, a, 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 a very good rotation. Again, you just need everybody to be healthy. Uh, for the Minnesota Twins, kind of, kind of two, but they work well with each other. Uh, 78 and 84 last year, so 14 games back. We want to get back to having a winning record. And I think a big part of that is going to be getting Royce Lewis back on the field at shortstop. You lost Carlos Correa. Obviously, he is, as of time of recording, we think he's going to be a Met, but he's not a twin. That's the thing. And so you've made some moves. You bought in, brought in Christian Vasquez on a three-year deal to be your primary catcher in front of Ryan Jeffers. You brought in Joey Gallo on a short deal. You traded for Kyle Farmer to play shortstop. Uh, but the goal here is obviously get at least back to a winning record. Uh, you don't have as many games against your division. Again, this, the, the, the central, both central divisions are hurt the most by the balanced schedule. But absolutely, you have to get uh, back to a winning record because Minnesota is a tough place to lure free agents to sometimes. It is very, very cold in the winter. Uh, obviously, not every baseball player lives in the city year round, but still, it is not the easiest place to lure free agents to. So, like reportedly, 
in history. And so you have to do some stuff to get guys there and having a winning team definitely helps. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, 66 and 96 last year, 26 games back. I think the big thing for the Detroit Tigers is just forget about last year and just fresh start. Uh, the Tigers were one of those teams that some people said were going to like sneakily contend for, for the division and or contend for a wild card. And then you had debuts to forget for Riley Green. It was de- delayed because of a foot injury. Spencer Torkelson struggled when he came up. Uh, batted over 400 at-bats, batted 203 with eight home runs and a 319 slugging. Just not at all what you expected. Javi Baez, um, over a full season, did Javi Baez things and struck out way too much. And so, very difficult year last year. You also had injuries kind of hit you pretty hard. You lost Casey Mize to Tommy John. Uh, you lost Tarek Skubal to a flexor tendon issue. had surgery in August. And so the goal was just kind of forget a lot of that. Start fresh this year. You made some signings for the rotation. You brought in Matthew Boyd. Uh, you brought in Michael Lorenzen from the Angels. So now you have a full five-man rotation of Edward, um, Eduardo Rodriguez, Boyd, Lorenzen, Matt Manning, and Spencer Turnbull. And you have that, again, without Casey Mize, who you won't have at all in 23, and without Tarek Skubal, who I'm not sure when he's going to come back, uh, but I do believe he is expected back at some point in time in 23. And so the goal is just get these younger players, your Akil Badu, who's been up and down a bit after, obviously you had to keep him in 21 because of Rule 5, but in 22 he was up and down a bit. Uh, keep Get the young guys, Spencer Torgelson, Badu, Riley Green, get them comfortable. Harry Carpenter is your DH. And then just have a better year than you had last year. You went 66 and 96. The goal is just to do better than that. And then for the Kansas City Royals, uh, 65 and 97. So 27 games back, one game behind the Tigers, surprisingly. I didn't realize that until I was doing the research for this piece. But The goal here should be similar to yesterday's resolution that the Tampa Bay Rays made, and it's get Bobby Witt Jr. to take that next leap. Uh, It was the consensus number one prospect in baseball when he debuted and was seen as being a generational type player. And last year, good season, 20-30 year, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases, but 254, 294 on base, 428 slugging. Defense at shortstop was not nearly as good as we thought it could have been. And so it's a situation where you got to figure out how to get Bobby Witt Jr. right. Because you're in your window now. You've got a lot of younger prospects. You brought a ton of youngsters up last year and got them all the time that they needed. Vinny Pascantino was up one of my dark horses for for a batting title in 2023. I think Vinny Pascantino is amazing. But got him up. You called Drew Waters up last year, literally exactly 45 days of service time. So it's technically still rookie eligible. But MJ Melendez came up and DH'd and caught and played left field. Nate Eaton was up. Michael Massey played some second base. You brought a lot of the young guys up last year. Uh, Daniel Lynch was up pitching for the full season, you know, went through rookie eligibility last year. And so there's a lot of talent here but you need that guy to be the stud that can kind of carry this team a bit. And 
Salvador Perez is a little bit older and can't can't play every day anymore, and we don't necessarily think he's going to be that guy. Bobby Witt Jr. can be that guy. He just needs to take that next leap. In just a minute, we're going to go over some of the top prospects, uh, the guys that should get Rookie of the Year votes for every team in both the National League and American League Central right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So when we're looking at uh, guys who are going to get Rookie of the Year votes for these two divisions, going back to the National League Central with the Cardinals, I've been I've been beating this drum all offseason. Outfielder and third baseman Jordan Walker. Uh, moved to third base when Nolan Arenado announced he was not out of the contract and was staying long-term in, in St. Louis. But tons of power. We saw what he did at the Arizona Fall League as the finishing school looked a lot better in the outfield than we expected. And so there are a ton of outfielders on this team. Yes, but a lot of these guys, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, all missed time last year with injuries. And so, yes, you have a Tyler O'Neill, Lars Newtbar, Dylan Carlson outfield now, but the first, you know, with, with Alec Burleson on the bench. But the first time somebody gets injured, it gives you an opportunity to bring up Jordan Walker. And I do think when Jordan Walker finally gets up in the bigs, He's going to absolutely rake. He's going to crush it. And so he is another member of that youth movement that you can get. You can bring him up. And then obviously, if an Arenado or a Goldschmidt get hurt, heaven forbid, you have another option. You can always have him play some third base, uh, or you can let a Nolan Gorman play first rather, rather than DHing, and you have options. But Jordan Walker, I like Jordan Walker be the guy. For the Milwaukee Brewers, we talked about how there's so many outfielders and they're trying to figure out who is the guy going to be, who are they going to use. A lot of people think Sal Frelick is going to be their Rookie of the Year candidate. I like Garrett Mitchell. Garrett Mitchell already has some time. He spent 40 days up last year, so he got a cup of coffee, got a chance to see big league pitching, figure out what he needed to fix to be effective. And I And he's in line to break camp as the starting center fielder. And I think he looked pretty good in his short sample size. And granted, this is sample size issues here. 68 at-bats over 40 days, but 311, 373, 459, two home runs, eight stolen bases. It really feels like Garrett Mitchell can put up a 20-30 year if he's allowed to start the entire season. 20-30, uh, if not maybe 25-30. Do I think we'll get to a 30-30 year? I don't think so. Do I think he could get more than 30 steals? Probably. I just don't know if the home runs go that high. But Garrett Mitchell, to me, feels like the guy who's going to do the best. There's a ton of lefties in this lineup. You can stagger the lefties and the righties where you're not. he's not going to be able to get got by a, by a reliever. Uh, it's, it's, he has all the opportunity in the world to take and keep that center field job because he will be the guy out of camp because he's in the job now. So I like Garrett Mitchell to be the most impactful rookie for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2023. For the Chicago Cubs, yes, we talked about trying to get some of the outfielders up, a Brennan Davis, maybe Pete Crow Armstrong, but it's going to be Matt Mervis. Matt Mervis hit over 30 home runs last year in the minors. You'll remember the undrafted free agent um, out of Duke in the 2020 draft. But went to the Arizona Fall League, looked pretty good. I expect him to be either the opening day first baseman or the opening day DH. I still think he's a better option than Patrick Wisdom, who tends to strike out too much. And so if you're smart, Matt Mervis 
is on the opening day roster as your first baseman and plays first base all year, and he's probably going to be a top five vote getter in rookie of the year if he does that. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, we talked about the pitchers need to step up. I think their rookie of the year candidate is going to be a pitcher, and I've got either right-hand pitcher Luis Ortiz or right-hand pitcher Quinn Priester. Both of them are the type of pitchers that can benefit from the help of a veteran like a Rich Hill, like a Vince Velasquez, who can walk them through uh, you know, pop common situations, things that happen, figure out what we can do. Austin Hedges is going to be is going to do very well with them as far as calling a game, keeping them comfortable, and kind of protecting them from some of the bad situations. I absolutely think that either one of those guys can get rookie of the year votes. And again, we probably should split rookie of the year up between position players and pitchers and have two awards for each league, but it's fine. Uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer is my guy. I, as much as I love an L.A. De La Cruz, I don't think he's going to be up enough next year to make an impact. But Spencer Steer is a type of player. He was up last year. He played a little bit. I believe he still has rookie eligibility. And he can play just about anywhere on the infield. So he's going to be a guy that could be your starter at third base. Or he could play a different position almost every day and get five games in a week while giving guys breaks from just about every position. Hits pretty well, has a good batter's eye. I have Spencer Steer as the most likely rookie of the year vote getter from this Cincinnati Reds team. When you look at the American League Central, uh, the Guardians probably going to be a position player. And I thought it was going to be Bo Naylor before the Mike Zunino signing. I'm not sure how much playtime he's going to get, especially since you have somebody to play, to be your full-time DH as well. As far as having Josh Bell and Josh Naylor, I expect you're going to have Bell be your DH most of the time. So it may be Bo Naylor. It may be George Valera. Your outfield seems pretty set right now as far as Miles Straw in center, Stephen Kwan in left, Oscar Gonzalez in right field. But I do think if George Valera can get up, the power potential that he has can definitely make an impact on this team as far as, like we said, they need power, they need slugging and then also contributing some good defense in a corner where he can get Rookie of the Year votes. Uh, for the Chicago White Sox, we talked about what this outfield looks like. We also talked about how thin this roster is as far as if you lose an outfielder, you start having to plug in guys who shouldn't be in the outfield like an Eloy Jimenez. I really think Oscar Colas has a great opportunity to come in and take over the right field job away from Gavin Sheets. You have Gavin Sheets projected to be the guy now. You brought in Victor Reyes as a non-roster invitee to spring training on a free agent deal. But I really think that Oscar Colas, if given an opportunity to run with that job, is going to end up being a better option than either one of those guys. And we saw last year, after he had a chance to get acclimated to professional baseball in the States because he had that long layover as a Cuban free agent, we saw how quickly he shot through the minors and ended up in AAA by the end of the year. And so I absolutely think Oscar Colas can be a Rookie of the Year vote-getter for the Chicago White Sox in the American League Central. Minnesota Twins, I want to say shortstop Royce Lewis. I think he's it's going to be later than I initially expected when he comes back. There's discussion he might not be back until June or maybe July. And so in that situation, I think there's probably two different options. The first one is going to be outfielder Matt Wallner. Your outfield seems pretty set now with a Joey Gallo, Byron Buxton, 
and Max Kepler. But there's rumors that Max Kepler is on the trade block and might get moved. I believe it's the final year of team control. Byron Buxton also well-documented has injury issues, has had that, and usually is going to miss some time. And so your extra outfielders are Kyle Garlick, Alex Kirilov, and I think that Matt Walner can be better than either one of those guys. Your other option as far as who might be rookie of the year vote getter, Edward Julian, the Canadian prospect god of walks. Uh, works out best as a second baseman or a DH. Right now, your second baseman's Jorge Polanco. Your DH is somebody like a Nick Gordon. Uh, really feels like you can find at-bats for him if you just have the intent of trying to do it. You can find uh, at-bats for Edward Julian. And he has such amazing plate discipline. He's going to provide you plenty of opportunities to get guys on base uh, and and be able to keep the offense on track and on schedule. For the Detroit Tigers, this is a really tough one. You caught up a lot of your prominent prospects last year. They already went through their rookie year. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. If I had to pick somebody, I guess I'd pick starting pitcher Joey Wentz simply because you did lose both Casey Myers and Tarek Skubal. And so you do have, you are going to need a sixth and seventh starter in your rotation. And Joey Wentz is a, well-regarded prospect from his time in Atlanta. He was acquired in June 2019. I believe that was in the the Chris Martin deal. Uh, Went to the Arizona Fall League last year. Looked pretty decent, and I feel like he's going to be one of the guys. Has a little bit of service time, about 30 days. About 30 innings in the bigs. But is definitely somebody who could come up and kind of hit a groove and stay in the rotation the rest of the year. So for Detroit Tigers, Joey Wentz. And then for the Kansas City Royals, This could go one of two ways depending on offseason transactions. If you keep Salvador Perez, then I think you're looking at Drew Waters as a Rookie of the Year candidate. Felt like his career was a little bit over in Atlanta, really struggled in the minors, couldn't get out of AAA. They promoted Michael Harris out of AA to the bigs instead of Drew Waters. Traded away Christian Pache, still didn't call up Drew Waters. But finally made it in that really unique trade last year where Atlanta got a competitive balance draft pick for Drew Waters and in the up for exactly 45 days. So 109 at bats, 240, 324, 479, hit five home runs, gave above average to plus defense. I think he's probably your starting left or right fielder right now. I think Fangraphs has Waters in left with Edward Oliveira's in right and Michael Taylor in center. Plenty of options if Salvador Perez uh, stays on the team and is commonly either catching or DHing. If Salvador Perez gets traded and MJ Melendez is your full-time uh, starter at catcher, I can see Nick Prado being called up to be your everyday first baseman and Vinny Pascantino kind of rotating into that DH role a lot more. And in that case, I like Nick Prado to be the rookie of the year candidate. Really good defense at first base, but also a solid hitter. I think he absolutely can do a good job. Thank you for making Locked On MLB Prospects your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Host Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anybody else, thanks to our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Oh. 